And I can't imagine that they're just going to cut all that out and then just try to go direct to consumer because grandma who's looking for product for little Timmy, she's not going to be slamming the refresh button on fanatics.com at 7.30 in the morning to score, you know, mega boxes. Let, let's start with this. So, well, I'm very intrigued to know just ton of news, obviously PWCC, which doesn't affect you guys specifically. Obviously affects the hobby, but with the tops news and now Panini, you know, the news in the last 24 hours, what the heck, how are you digesting this? And what's kind of been the overriding thought with this big news? Well, it took some time to scroll through social media, YouTube blogs to, decipher everything but uh, for me personally if you're asking realistically it's not even on my radar yet because i believe it's years away before we're going to start seeing an impact is it fun and in vogue to talk about it right now to make youtube videos and all those things it, it probably is um the short of it is we'll have to wait and see that's my honest opinion it's fun to talk about it's interesting it's topical but having a license and actually manufacturing, physically making cards, they are two completely different animals. So what does that look like? We don't know, you know, but it's certainly newsworthy. I might've gotten a few text messages about it over the past few days. <laughs> I'm sure we all did, right? It's gone crazy. Yeah. What do you think, PJ? Um, yeah, I think obviously it's way too early to tell. Um, I think people are kind of jumping off the bridge way too early. I think there's a lot of different scenarios on how this is all going to, you know, play out in the end. But, mm -hmm. you know, it's funny. A lot of people online, the sentiment is, is that distributors are going away. Then this is going to be the end of hobby shops. And then now some are even, you know, clapping their hands saying, hey, you know, maybe they'll go direct to consumer only and blasters and hobby boxes are going to go down in price. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people saying that. And to me, if you're giving an organization the largest contract that they've ever had and a piece of an ownership right there tells me that it doesn't matter how they distribute it. Everything's going to cost more, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah, but. Does the license actually mean they are going to now control uh, manufacturing and the product and the distribution, or are they just going to hold the license? I mean, I have friends who own the uh, Star Wars license, and they make their own products, and, and they some don't. Some just are able to sell it officially at shows and events and stuff. So I'm not, I'm not too clear on what that actually means. Now, Fanatics purchases and buys tops and takes over everything. They have to then have their own uh, way of manufacturing, producing, looking at all the accounts, who gets this, who gets that. That's a lot of information to disseminate and go through to figure out how that's going to work. Right. So it will take time, I think. Mm -hmm. Let's call Fanatics. Get them on the phone. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> now you tell us you have those connections. I know. It's a little late for that. What's your take on it, Ty? We're dying to know what you think. Well, I've put out a few videos because, like you said, it's in vogue to do that. But I, <laughs> I, I think my position on it is I'm probably more concerned about the next 24 months than I am like 2025 and beyond because there's zero reason for Panini or Tops not to go like crank up the presses 
milk as much mm. money as they can, and in turn, potentially kind of screwing over the current state of the hobby. So that's my concern in all this. Yeah, they haven't done it yet, but maybe this is their cue. <laughs> maybe this is their cue to do so. Right. Yeah. As they release top Chrome Light <laughs> on their sites. Like, well, they could call. On? I still. They could call it hybrid. <laughs> Or H2. I mean, it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But um, you're right. Yeah. I mean, really, if you're trying to speculate and look at what could happen, I mean, there's definitely a, def a, a lot of different avenues. Um, and we talked about it a little bit the other day behind the scenes of what could transpire. I really don't think when you're that large of, large of a company, if you're even one to get into the card game, I really don't see them starting from scratch. It doesn't make sense to recreate a wheel that's already been created. Even if it is a little imperfect, um, I think that would just cost a lot more time and money just to say, we don't care about these other brands. We're going to create our own brand and our own processes, our own distribution. We're going to find our own manufacturers, our own design team. I think really this is just a way to get their foot in the door and say, you know what? There's good margins here. We're in a boom time with it. Let's go ahead and see how we can dip our toe into this game and see how we can kind of, they saw an opportunity um, that others didn't see and they took advantage of it. So I personally think that at some point there is going to be a play or a buyout or whatever that you want to call it, probably within the next 12 to 18 months of one of the, of one of the companies they really don't need both of them because in my opinion if you have all the licenses and you get tops you're going to get the baseball products and so forth but at the same time i don't think people would mind if they don't get panini you know having a tops chrome basketball again and a tops mm. football again and then a tops triple threads football again oh totally so, i'm all to for me, that i think that's what's going to happen. I think it might be a race to see who's going to get the best value first. And then somebody's going to be left out in the cold and either they'll get bought later on at a much lower value or, you know, they'll go to the wayside. But I also don't think that people think that, Oh, well, these companies can survive printing F one and star Wars and collegiate and soccer. soccer. That's not possible in my opinion. No, but I wonder what happens. Like, I like to think of the true nuts and bolts of it. Like, I'm pretty sure Tops owns triple threads. I'm sure they own the Chrome name and brand and trademark. So all that would have to be purchased in a deal that Fanatics would then own or else they're going to have to come up with uh, some, you know, all the names are taken. Let's be honest. I mean, if someone could come up with a name for a product nowadays, that's props to you so that that's just one of the small little things that i'm sure they're going to be thinking about in their meetings like how do we navigate through all of that do they want to separate themselves from chrome and triple threads and immaculate and national treasures and all of those things that have already been established how do you do that well you buy the rights to it you buy them all out and that is not probably going to be cheap it's a big 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 deal so um that, and then i worry because you know i mean i don't lay in in bed losing sleep over it but you do think okay so if a large company like this comes in 
Um, what do they do with allocations with regards to the collectible kings and to Top Shelf and to my buddy's shop and shops all around the country that worked hard to get your allocations direct from, from Tops? What if they say, sorry, not sorry, but here's what we're doing. We're taking all of this. We're going to give it to the guys that have been buying, you know, the retailers that have been buying jerseys from us for the last, you know, five years, NFL.com, NFL shop, put all the products on there and then don't need us. But I don't think anyone would be that stupid. You to cut out this physical hobby shop environment. That doesn't seem wise to do. Well, yeah, I think you have a pretty good perspective on why they wouldn't want to do that. Right. I mean, right. the safety net piece of it, most importantly. <laughs> yeah, it's an extension of their brands. I mean, all across the country times, you know, a thousand. Um, but sometimes money makes yeah. people make weird decisions. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's bottom line. Yeah. I'm with you. I think shops will be around. Yeah. Um, I think really, you know, we're kind of the ambassador. I, I still think cards is a physical <laughs> thing, even though you can get it online and, you know, you can be on social media. But, you know, if you have a card shop in your town, nine times out of ten, you're going to go in there just to look around. And then you're there, I'm here, you know, we can advise people like if they're just coming back into the hobby or new to it, like, Hey, what are you looking for? I just want some rookies. I don't really care about high end. I just want to get some rookies of Trevor Lawrence or whatever Then you can say, you know what? Um, you know, this product here would be good for that. Um, you're not going to get that just by it online. And then right now we're still in the heyday of cards. So, that's going to change probably by the time they obtain all the licensing. So when that happens, companies still love if they can ship a ton of product to a distributor and say, hey, now it's your problem. We made our profit on our end. Now you got to distribute it. And the same thing with shops. I mean, really shops, big time, you know, breakers, social media people. That's actually what drives the hype. And I can't imagine that they're just going to cut all that out and then just try to go direct to consumer because grandma who's looking for product for little Timmy, she's not going to be slamming the refresh button on fanatics.com at 730 in the morning to score, you know, mega boxes. So to me, people saying that, hey, you know, we're finally going to get good prices because distributors are going to be cut out and then shops are going to get cut out and it's just going to go direct to you know, consumer, I don't think that's going to happen on the hobby side. Now, retail side, we might see, you know, a bigger shift that way, which that hurts me a little bit because I do get retail at wholesale. So I don't know how that's going to pan out. But, you know, it is what it is. I think there's a lot of different variables, but I'm not ultra concerned for, you know, a hobby shop in that aspect of it. I'm not either, but to play devil's advocate like Ty likes to do on a lot of these types of calls is I hearken back to 2002, 2003, when I was in the music business, in the music industry. And I sat on conference calls with the senior VPs, the presidents, the big wigs. And they said, don't worry, everybody's going to want to hold a CD in their hand and they're going to want to look through the booklets and they're going to want to read it and look at the pictures and, and see all that stuff. I'll never forget those calls in the back of my head. I'm going dude, the writing's on the wall, man. It's a little different now uh, with downloading and the internet and the the now element. And sure enough, all the record companies pretty much uh, collapsed and, and, and laid everybody off and it changed the entire landscape because of the technology. 
So there is a little part in the back of my head that says, well, we sit here and do this, but there's guys in meetings with like 12 on each side and one guy at the end on the 86th floor in New York City. And they're looking at it going, what's the simplest, easiest way to maximize our dollars and fastest way? And someone, they could say, just do this, put it out. We are, they already have the systems in place. They own the internet fanatics, in my opinion, they own the internet when it comes to memorabilia and sports and all the items that I get. So there is a small element of that, but there's probably going to be some voices of reason that would say, Hey, wait a minute. I grew up with card shops. I know card shop owners. I, I have a relationship with fanatics. I buy all of my product from them. Hopefully they would speak up and say, look, this is, they use these items in their breaks. They put them in the stores. They use them for promotions, contests, events, charity events. Like there's people coming in to buy stuff for charity. So <laughs> we'll have to wait and see what plays out, what wins out here in the coming months and years. Right. That's my take on that. Sure. Well, that's good. So, you know, the, I don't think people realize this, but if Tops and Panini would have been exclusively direct the past 10 to 20 years, seven years for Panini. Neither one of them would have been in business because they had so many flop products that they would have been sitting on and sunk cost in. It would eat away at their margins. I think your point, PJ, about the need for, for at least from a print card perspective, to have distributors and card shops to be a safety net for them is extremely important because <laughs> we don't know how the card industry is going to be in two years, first off. And second, they can't afford to have failures and and just have sunk cost and products if it doesn't work mm -hmm. no no yeah they'd be screwed yeah so yeah, my biggest yeah. concern for shops that i think you know might have some trouble is you know i'm a big proponent of making sure that you keep your expenses in line and that you have a good profit margin and you're somewhat conservative on your spending and i mean you go to some of these social accounts and you see what shops are sinking in, building, you know, brand new buildings, mm -hmm. and, you know, sinking a ton of money into the aesthetics, which I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But then, like right now, what I'm worried about is a lot of these larger shops that they have so many employees and so much overhead, they almost need the margins that they're getting now on their breaks and their boxes and i can pretty much guarantee you, even if we if nothing changes and we still get you know our allocations and everything i guarantee you we'll be paying more for that box so instead oh, yeah. of making five some shops they charge 5x 4x what you get it for 6x what you get it for mm -hmm. i'm i'm interested to see what happens when you can say well me for me to compete with other shops now i can only charge two or three x and if you were paying your expenses based on charging four to five X or higher, that's probably going to be where the hurt's going to come in on some of these shops. So, you know, I'm going to be fine. You know, I'll have to charge higher prices than normally I charge right now if they change the margins, but my margins are going to stay exactly the same. But some of these larger guys and, you know, that keep just expanding, expanding, expanding and need these higher margins, that's going to be an issue, I think. Well, they've already increased the margins for us, uh, which does equal higher prices. Not many people may be privy to this, but when you look at the pre-sale pricing uh, direct or from your distributors, say maybe two, two and a half, three years ago, and then you take that exact same product today, 
they've become wise to that. Right. And the distributors were like, hey, wait a minute. And I cannot blame them for this one bit because mm -hmm. I'm a businessman. I'm an entrepreneur as well. They start saying, now, wait a minute. We were selling this for $119 a box and they're selling them for $900. <laughs> Why are we selling it for $119 to them? Let's sell it to them for $214 or whatever it is. And it goes, it's it's going up, which I understand because they have to make their piece of the pie as well. And then we could talk a whole conversation show about what's going on inside the distributor world. Um, but, you know, if the prices go up from them, if you want to keep those same margins, you're right, PJ, you have to then increase the price to your customer. I have a different theory. I don't necessarily follow that rule because I tell people this all the time, quite honestly and candidly, the margins are great as they are. I do not have to like super inflate the boxes just because the market's good or I want to make more on top of the more I'm already making. So you have to look back years, what those margins used to be it used to work on 20, $30 a box, right. <laughs> like gross. Then you had to back out. So, um, you just have to hope it doesn't go up ridiculously because you will start to lose people as we're already seeing now because the boxes are just too expensive. Right. They, they just are. Even if I give discounts, man, even if I am under market a little bit by law, I'm allowed to, according to Panini right. and Ops, I'm still honoring yeah. what they want us to sell it for. Mm -hmm. But in the marketplace, I'm pretty fairly priced here, as they would say. Right. Uh, and some of the other guys are probably paying more, right, PJ, for it. So they're ha they have to be $800. I can literally be $750, $729. And I'm not trying to do that on purpose to stick it to my competitor. I'm doing that because I need to make it more affordable and appealing to my customers or else it will sit on the shelf. So yeah. Yeah, I've been kind of messing with pricing a little bit, making deals for people when they come in. I'm so totally, I totally agree with you. So, I mean, we do the same thing. So when we get our product from direct, it's funny. I get it. And then I get emails the day of or the day after it releases from distributors. And they, <laughs> they want to charge me more than what I sold it to customers for. Um, yeah, yes. And I'm like, even if I have True a story for it, I can't, I don't know. I got, I'm too, I got too much pride to say, I'm not going to go back and buy more of this product than what I sold it for. I know. And, but a lot of these shops have to do it because unfortunately they don't have the direct deals. Yeah. And we get it a little bit. I mean, we go and, you know, if you're only going to make a 10% margin, if you're comparing to eBay prices, you still need to have that product in the store because you need people to, like, if they're looking for that, you need them to get warm bodies in the store and hopefully they buy something else that you have much higher margins on. So there are some of that give and take where we're like, man, we're buying this and really the best we could make is like maybe 15% margin on that mm -hmm. type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, my store, every store has a different personality, a different um, persona and different business um, angle. But for me, it's it's the, the live breaks, of course, each night and then hobby boxes and memorabilia. Mm -hmm. So some card shops would have um, display cases in the whole U shape all the way around the store. One, mm -hmm. two and three. You walk in and that's all they have. Maybe some cool stuff on the walls. Mm -hmm. I'm not too singles base. And everyone always told me, Chris, you're missing out, dude. You got to have singles, singles, singles. That's a lot of work. I got to constantly be buying. I got to constantly be looking at people bringing their cards in from 1989 to 1996 baseball. And I just, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I don't have time to do all that. So the hobby yeah. boxes have become, because of this marketplace I'm in Elgin, um, there's two other shops that are across a few towns. 
but they just don't have the allocations that I've built over seven years. So I have the hobby boxes, quite frankly. That's what people come here for. Mm -hmm. So that's the bread and butter for me. So I have to be a little bit mindful of continuing to move that product in which it does or else it'll start to pile up back there. And, you know, then I have to feel like I have to do more breaks and I don't want to be on the air as much. So every right. shop is different. Are you a hybrid, uh, like a lot of singles mostly? Yeah. I mean, is that your bread and butter or, or boxes or? We used to do curious. when we were online, but um, I actually haven't broke anything in, in quite a while since we have the store. So we're yeah. primarily singles, hobby, and we have a lot of retail. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, you come in, you can kind of get your sampling. I mean, I'm sure you've got a lot more hobby than we, we have, cause you know, we're fairly new in the direct. So basically we get one to four cases maximum of each product, which I'm very thankful for. Yeah, that's I'm good. Definitely not complaining. Yeah, uh, that's we, good. But, um, you know, we're really big on Pokemon. We've been with Pokemon for, you know, almost you know, almost two years, almost maybe a year and a half ish. And before it blew up. So I'm fortunate to have a pretty good allocation of that. But um, yeah, so we kind of, we sell a lot of singles, some boxes. The retail is funny because Panini already put out from one of my retail wholesalers, like you cannot sell like the minimum now is $25 a blaster. So like you have to sell it for at least 25 dollars per blaster on every panini product moving forward so you know if you go to walmart or you hear about walmart i mean they're now they understand this too now they're charging 30 35 dollars for a blaster mm -hmm. you get a little fat pack and they're now trying to charge 11 dollars for a fat pack that's probably not worth more than five or six dollars so wow. even the big guys that know nothing really about sport cards they understand that, oh, well, you know, these guys are just buying this stuff, selling it online. So there's more margin for us to, you know, to hike these prices up. So, you know, I think that's where retail is still just going to keep on increasing their price points uh, moving forward. I don't carry retail in general, believe it or not. Um, I had a lot of people coming in the store or calling. Do I want to buy, you know, they just basically back in the day, months ago when they would clear off the shelves <laughs> and for some reason it just bugged me. I would tell yeah. them, no, I, I don't do that. And I'm not supporting that. Sorry. I'm not an outlet for you. I know there's card shops. If you're watching this, that you do do that. You want them to come into your store and you take it off their hands and you sell them for $75 for a blaster box. That's just not my vibe here. Right. Um, every once in a while, if you look on one of the sheets, you will see some blasters or you will see, a mega or something. I do pick those up now and again, but only to support my distributors because mm -hmm. you have to keep buying from them. Right. If you're not keeping to buy from them, you're going to start going backwards probably. Right. So that's the only time I really have retail on the shelf because, um, you know, it's just, I, I don't want a line out my door after they just raided target coming in here to try to flip stuff. Yeah. And, and, and then I'm that guy that they, it's knowingly marked up. Oh yeah. So, so that's just, I just steer, I, I steered away from all of that pretty pretty quickly. It set set the tone early, yeah, uh, with it. But right. every shop's different. They have to do it because that's all they have. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're right. You uh you brought up a good point about just pricing um, about ten minutes ago. <laughs> Chris. Yeah. Hi, Ty. Um, yeah. Hey, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me join your show. Uh, so yeah, Ty's like, hey, thanks honest, for coming on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is good. I think people, 
people want to hear you guys talk about me. Okay. Um, in the Discord channel, there was a guy, Honest Cards, uh, who posted that he was in a car shop the other day and he watched a father-son spend $860 on three Topps Chrome hobby boxes. And you watch them mm -hmm. open it, you know. And look, this is not necessarily about Topps Chrome. I know Topps Chrome is not a great product and you guys would probably agree with that, at least at the current price points. But he was just like, a year ago, two years ago for sure, 860 would have bought you an entire case. And they're <laughs> yeah, spending that on three hobby boxes. Yeah. So just sickened by it. And that's hobby. That's not even the, the jumbos five five autos per box version. Right. Those yeah. those are gonna cost you forty, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred bucks for three of them. But see, here's the thing we talk about all the time, Ty. And you've asked this on other podcasts, and people come in here and they go, Wow, these things are expensive. I have to have a conversation with them and say, Listen, you know, unfortunately for you and many other people, there are people who come in here and drop twenty five hundred dollars on these boxes. So Put yourself in our shoes. Am I going to say, oh, well, man, that is kind of pricey. Maybe I should just take make a lot less profit and just lower these boxes for Topps Chrome down to $189 a box. Like you can't really do that. That's not the best business decision. And it will overall in the marketplace send a lot of bad vibes out and everyone starts undercutting each other. So we try to remain consistent. People are paying. That guy paid that price for those boxes, didn't he? He spent the money. So he, no one tied him up and said, you will buy these three boxes of Topps Chrome. They still buy them. So people always wonder why the prices stay where they're at. People are paying it, man. People are paying it. For sure. You, you yeah. vote with your dollars, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you do? Um, all right. So, so back to the, the conversation about uh, fanatics. If you were fanatics, would you, would you want to buy Topps or Panini? Who would be the company you would buy? Panini. Really? Yeah, Panini. Why? Um, it's just a personal take. I I, I think they're uh, just more connected with the players, um, connected with the current times, uh, NBA, NFL. Um, just I just like Panini. Uh, I'm gonna get in trouble, but I think I like Panini better than Tops. <laughs> so. They just have a better reach uh, nationally, I feel. And I would want to be have that already in place. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. just my personal opinion. I just feel they're more connected at, um, you know, NBA events and, and all-star games. They're just more far-reaching and, and connected. And I would want to plug into that. The, the nuances of it and the money and the number of properties they own and products, I don't, can't process that at the moment, but. I like, I would go with Panini. Yep. I don't think PJ agrees. I I really think it's who's going to be, I think it's going to be a race to who's going to be the better buy, really. Um, if we're looking at who's going to be more valuable, mm -hmm. I mean, if I was Fanatics, I'd even be sniffing up around um, Upper Deck's door. Because oh. really, if I look at, if I look at Upper Deck, I mean, and I have the basketball licensing. I mean, man, how great would it be if I bought Upper Deck and can put LeBron James and Michael Jordan autographs and cards back, or at least Michael Jordan cards back into a product? Now, I don't know if they Michael wouldn't go for that. What's that? Michael would not go for that, probably, yeah, so, though. I mean, that's I the X factor. <laughs> I do like, I would say if 
Panini becomes a better buy, I think I would say the same. If we're saying all things are created equal, I would say Panini because I think with the licensing, if you said, hey, guess what? With the licensing, now we can produce uh, Prism Baseball with licensing and select baseball with licensing, then those boxes will be $1,800. So Immaculate. Right. So I think you got to right now basketball and football is definitely more valuable you know products currently um i think if you're looking for nostalgia and so forth obviously you know tops you know you're going to go with that but i think it's really going to be a race to you know who's going to be the better value first because i think one of them's gonna one of them's gonna be you know tops by fanatics you'll see a little fanatics logo on the back of a card it would still be tops or panini on the front with the same brands and you'll just see the the fanatics logo on the back somewhere so yeah going down it mm-hmm. just it's going to be a race to see who's going down first and if we recall though tops does have a lifetime agreement with mike trout right for autos is that correct that i do not know that's above my pay grade right there brother but i'm i'm guessing it probably does so i mean you know what how's the baseball product going to do without I mean, Panini does it already, but, you know, I mean, that's a big one not to have in, you know, a baseball product. And the funny thing is, is if nothing happens, Fanatics, from what I understand, can start printing unlicensed baseball cards just like Panini does right now in 2023. Right. But to me, if Tops can still print baseball, how much, if they don't buy anybody, how much product is fanatics going to sell of unlicensed baseball because we know that panini they do an okay job of moving it but you know they can only get 170 to 180 dollars a box for a select hobby and they can barely get 200 bucks for a prism hobby box right now you're going to tell me that fanatics unlicensed baseball is going to get the same in a hobby format if they don't own one of these companies so I think by 2023, they're going to, somebody's going to be bought. For sure. Yeah, those are good perspectives. My thought process is what, what would you, what would you rather have? Would you rather have Topps Chrome football and Topps Chrome basketball or Prism baseball? And I think collectors in general would probably agree. I'd rather have Topps Chrome back versus Prism mm-hmm. You know, and and I, I think the depth and the nostalgia, like you said, PJ, like yeah, that's important. But like Tops has been there, and they have they can easily pick back up where they were with you know the other sports. I think it would be a very natural transition to go Tops all across the board. But then again, Prism is pretty sweet, and some of those brands, like <laughs> you throw those out the window. I mean, that's it's it's a tough one. I don't agree on the upper deck stuff because I just don't think. I just think it's there personally, but that's interesting. That seems complicated. That seems complicated with all the exclusives that upper deck has, but we've been surprised what twice in the past two weeks with all these, these breaking news events happening in the hobby. So (laughs) you you just don't know anymore, man. (laughs) Day by day, day by day, day by day. Wait, my phone's buzzing. Hang on a second. (laughs) That's right. Maybe Fanatics I, wants to buy Collectible Kings. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. The top staff walks out among controversial Fanatics. They're gone. All of them. No. Uh, 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Say what? That would have been cool if you got uh, I just had a, like a kid from my church just gave this to my wife and he she delivered it to me. Looking out for me, right? Found a Tyler Wilson card. Oh, nice. Stash. Nice. I mean, come Good. on. How cool is that? That's uh, cool. All right. Cool. So we got a few more minutes here. Let's talk a little bit and step outside the whole headline news. What products are you liking right now? Like what, what are folks gravitating towards the most and which ones are you enjoying? Help, uh, help folks understand what's hot in the shop. Well, we, we did just see, I mean, I, I can see the difference um, of the excitement. The Immaculate Baseball, speaking of Immaculate Baseball, has been very popular. I mean, there's a lot of really good chunky patches and cool cards coming out of that. And the, um, the other Immaculate College Football has been incredible for us. Um, there's two, two, two trains of thought with it, but we've seen a lot of one-on-ones coming out of the Immaculate um, College Football. And um, those are the two most recent ones. Other than that, it's been kind of a dry spell a little bit over the last few weeks of new products. So uh, the elements has been good that just came out. Can't keep that in stock in the shop and or the breaks. So I'd say the newest releases, man, they're hot right now. They always are. The trick is to see if they stick around as certified comes out and then as origins comes out. And then you can kind of see which ones people like, but they, they want the new stuff. So those three new ones really are are hot and expensive baseball like definitive and um, what's the other one called diamond icons. Uh, I've been just mm. doing that. I'm not hoarding it. I'm selling it and breaking it. Yeah. And it sells. Mm. Cool. Yeah, you, I think it's interesting. Like baseball wise, we don't, since, since our tops direct, I'm, had to pre-order a bunch and they got a it's weird to understand but their release calendar you got to order months in advance so my first direct product doesn't come in until october mm. so we have to go to dis distributors to get our product which obviously i'm not going after the high-end stuff because there's really not any margin there and mm -hmm. there's a lot of money to put out for that so i mean we're doing the tops chrome the gypsy queen the uh alan allen ginter which is kind of funny to me Last year, um, Gypsy Queen was super hot. This year, we can't keep Allen and Ginter in, in stock for some reason. Uh, I think people like the novelty of it. Um, and the price. Right, the price is good. And the price, yep. Right, and then if anybody pulls a Jason Biggs auto, I, I want it because I like American Pie. Just put that out there. <laughs> so okay. sell me that. I'll take that auto off your hands. But um, that's kind of what I've seen on baseball. Obviously, we have a lot of retail baseball, so that goes as well. Um, but with Panini, I can talk about that. And just like Chris said, I mean, pretty much every release, I mean, we sell out in a day or two of, you know, what we're getting. Um, you know, as far as my personal opinion, I would have to agree with Chris. I mean, as far as what I've seen, I mean, Gold Standard, it was hot. But personally, mm -hmm. to me, I wasn't like, eh. I mean, I, I didn't get overly excited about it. But the way that Immaculate, Immaculate's a really cool brand. I don't think you're going to find better patches in Immaculate College Football. Yeah, those were uh, We had incredible. somebody pull, I think it was a Jalen Waddle one-on-one, and it was actually the bowl patch auto. And yep. it was like the whole patch. And that was like super sweet looking. Um I thought the price points were pretty good on something like that. Um, obviously, 
just like anything that's new, people are texting me or, hey, can you hold, like, you know, they want to try to get into the front of the line and see if I can hold a box or two for them and so forth. But I think certified will be be pretty hot. And then, of course, optic basketball is going to be ridiculous on Friday. Um, I love Donruss. That's what I'm waiting for because Donruss to me is one of my favorite brands. So now that they're going to do, you know, H2 is going to be hot. I love H2. I think it's a good lower end version for anybody that can put their foot in the door to try to get some sort of a hobby type product. So, you know, once Donruss hits, I think after that, it's uh, off and running after that. Which Donruss? Donruss, uh, Donruss football. Coming right? up. Yep. Coming Regular up in Donruss. a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then so we have is optic uh, as we speak here real time. Did optic basketball get um, delayed or moved? Ty, do you know? I had customers text me saying they're seeing it got moved. Optic basketball. I I thought I didn't think it was this week. I thought it was a couple weeks out. So what is it? Hold on a second. Let me. I've got. Well, I can pull up the calendar real quick. Let me. See I really thought it was uh, Friday. Maybe it got moved. Hold on. Or, or two weeks. Maybe it was the next week. Oh, but I'm saying they might have moved it from that. I got the release calendar on the Which phone. is very common to have stuff moved nowadays. Uh, why did I think? You might be right on that. I think it did get moved again. I think it got moved back. Nope, wait a second. Nope, 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 nope. It's next As Friday. the 18th release calendar, unless things have changed, August the 27th, Optic that Basketball. That's what I'm saying. I think literally as of like this morning, it might have moved. So I guess we'll find out. So optic basketball is either on Friday the 27th or it got moved. Right. We shall see. Yeah, I'm looking here. So, I mean, blowout still has it at, still has it at 827. Yeah. All right. Mm. They're sometimes. We'll yep. see. Yeah, for sure. Um. Those are all a bunch of good names. You got me thinking about immaculate college football. Now I want to go, I want to go jump in. Tell me about some value products. And Chris, you're starting to pick up some steam with the shop. So we'll, we'll make this quick. What products are you, would you advise people to consider maybe from past years that you think maybe have some value I'm starting to see people talk about anything? Coming uh, one, one of the products that I'm big on and that is kind of maybe fourth or fifth tier in football. I do a lot of football PJ. That's my, my personal thing here. And what we built this on, but the, uh, the Phoenix football from 2020 is a great card and a great product, and it loses steam behind Spectra and Prism and Optic football, um, and then the Chronicles football from 2020 as well. Um, it's still pricey, like 600 to 650 a box, but I would be moving on some of those third or fourth tier type products for football in 2020 because these cats coming out this year are ready to throw and you have five options with those quarterbacks to just have literally one of them, maybe two of them have a good season, 300-yard passing game, three touchdowns, and that 2020 stuff is going to go up. So if you're into, like, getting product at value price right now, beat some people up on 2020 product, talk them down a little bit, and pick up some uh, 2020 football. That would be yeah. my best bet. Mm -hmm. No no secret. It's not rocket science, but <laughs> – Everyone's very focused on 2021 dudes right now and the NFL products coming out in their NFL uniforms finally and patches of the NFL teams and no more, no more combine pitchers, no more, uh, you know, college <laughs> uniforms. So the 2020 stuff is kind of getting lost and guys are like, oh man, I got all this stuff. I got to move out. So I've been trying to pick out deals on 2020 football, Phoenix yeah. mainly. Yes. Yeah. 
It's hard to find Phoenix too. I agree. I like Phoenix. I think that's a, I think that's a great product, and I think got a little lost in the shuffle last it year did. because of everything that was coming out around it and so forth. Um, yeah. But I think that's a great product. I'm I'm a big fan of the Chronicles brand mm-hmm. across the board because if you're looking for value, everybody's like, oh well, you just keep getting rookies and rookies of the same players, and I'm like. You know, like Ty said this, I mean, if you were opening that a couple years ago in basketball, I don't think anybody's complaining to have 30 Luca Chronicle rookies. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's I think it's a great product, um, hobby or retail, um, just to start stacking up those rookies. And if they start popping off, then, you know, each one of those, even a retail format, Herbert or uh, Burrow rookie will be. 20 30 bucks maybe a couple years down the road if they you know keep having consistent good you know seasons not to mention the black was a genius move the the uh, yeah that they put in there so you know i think chronicles and i tell you what's really going to be hot i think is when chronicles basketball draft comes out because they're Mm -hmm. with cade cunningham and you know was it jalen what's his what's his name the second guy but i gotta a lot of good basketball guys coming out, but Chronicles is one of my favorite brands for value. Yeah, they did it over the years. They made it better. I remember the first year it came out with baseball, and we were like, what is going on here? Couldn't tell which one was the front, which one was the back. And then they kind of kept fine-tuning it each year, taking some of the brands out, putting in the new ones. And I think they found their their uh, ones that work, the Spectras, the Prisms, mm-hmm. um, the Score, Shiny Scores, you know, Shiny mm-hmm. Score rookies that are updated from the college from when they release it to the – now they're in the NFL. So, yeah. You get to buy Well, I didn't tee you guys up on this, but yeah, PJ just mentioned it. I did a video on Chronicles Football and how it is the most undervalued product of last year right now. You can get blasters for 25 what? and nice. in Megas you can get for 50. And people forget this. Or maybe they don't know this. You can essentially get all the same autos in Mega. And... You can get colored. Uh, it is an extremely good value, especially when you just mentioned like 600 bucks for a hobby or 50 bucks yeah. for a mega. Uh, those prison black and prison black silvers, they're going to hold some serious value, I think. They're awesome cards. Yes. Yeah. Well, good. We all agree on that. I'm, I'm, pardon me. I'm going to go try to find some right here. I'll be right back. <laughs> there we go. I got, I got, I got blasters in the store right now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Uh, real quick, PJ, on the on the Pokemon side, what should people be looking out for? I know you have a good – give us two minutes here on the Pokemon. Paint, paint people a good picture of what to pay attention for. Uh, yeah, I mean, Pokemon probably has the two best sets coming out here. Um, actually, Friday is Evolving Skies. That's going to be going to be really huge. Uh, they got a few alternate art cards that are currently selling for 400-plus. Um, so that's probably pushing this product, uh, you know, higher. And then obviously their holiday set, their anniversary set, um, 25th anniversary set, uh, celebrations is coming out, I believe October-ish. Um, and that's just going to be totally ridiculous. So, um, you know, I think Pokemon probably between singles and retail booster box formats is probably our number to the third seller in the store so i'm a big pokemon fan that's good chris any thoughts on that you agree disagree i'm still learning about pokemon i get the boosters i get the elite trainer boxes 
Uh, I got a guy who works down at the sign shop, does all my graphic works and stuff. And he's a big, big Pokemon dude. You know, that's, he lives and breathes Pokemon in the cards and the different ones. So he uh, comes in here every once in a while. I'm trying to get him to, I'm trying to recruit him to come here and be my Pokemon guy and have a Pokemon uh, training night and all that stuff. But he's got a nine to five job. So it sells well. Um, I just had two turkeys the other day, try to steal some out of the shop here. I mean, it, it's 95 degrees out and he comes in with a sweatshirt over his shoulder. <laughs> like, dude, you got your, you're just a dead giveaway. So I, I, I captured those turkeys. So it's definitely a hot product and, um, it's not a top selling product next to the, the sports boxes, but it reaches all budgets because I have those little six, seven, eight, $10 Hanger things, whatever. I think they're called hanger things, right? Is that what they're called? Those oh, the sleeve boosters. <laughs> the sleeve I need some more of those hanger things. The, yeah, the sleeve booster packs you put. Um, yeah. And then you got your ETBs. But what I yeah. like about the Pokemon collector is they're, they are, it's like a cult following and it's all ages. I mean, you got six year olds to like 50 year old dudes. And yep. what I like about it is like the ETBs, or the little boxes behind me there. Um, People want to collect both colors. So now what Pokemon is smart, instead of on releases doing one box art version, now they've been doing two. So guess what? If you want to keep a sealed collection, you're going to buy both box arts, and then you're going to want to rip some. So that's what's interesting about Pokemon, too, is they got a sealed collection that they have to build, but then they also want to rip some. So you'll have one person try to come in and buy four ETBs at once because they want to rip two and save two. And then if you sell the singles, it's not like sports where somebody looks at it, they want to take it out of the sleeve and then want to ask you, you think this will get a nine or a 10? You know, what's your opinion? People just look at that card. Half of them don't even look up what it's going for on eBay or TCG player. They're like, I want that one, that one, that one in the showcase. And I'm like, okay, that's 180 bucks in singles. Wow. Yeah. I don't sell any of the Pokemon singles. I don't, I don't know where I would acquire them. You know, people bring in binders and stuff, but I couldn't tell you the first thing about them. Yeah. I might as well well be looking at 1922, like baseball or something. Like, (laughs) I don't, I don't know who these characters are. I don't know. So I'm trying to find somebody that can come in here and, you know, elevate the Pokemon world instead of just boxes and boosters yeah. and those hanger things. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very interesting Good. to follow that market. Well, Chris, just buy the Charizards. He's not that cool. And send them to us. Uh, as, and we'll be good. Charizards. I do know the Charizards. My son, Bricks, and true story. People always wonder about my kids. They're like, wow, they must get so much stuff. Well, thankfully... Believe it or not, they're not really into this whole card thing, um, which could get very expensive, you know, coming in here and then wanting stuff off the shelf. So that doesn't happen. But every once in a while to try to give him something to do here, I gave him a box, a booster box of Pokemon. I don't know which one it was. And he got a Charizard. And apparently it's the best Charizard you can get because I think it's a rainbow of sorts. So I've given him a total maybe five booster boxes in the last year or so. And he has three Charizards out of those five boxes. So apparently he's doing pretty good. He's pretty happy about that. And yep. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I think you're done because now they're $150. A box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. not going to go buy a Pokemon from you. Your kid already took all the good stuff. Yeah, don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> good yeah. stuff. Well guys, I know you have shops. 
I know you got to take care of your customers. Thank you for giving us some time and have yourself a good week. Top right, shelf breaks. Collect the things. Links in the show notes. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye.